For McKinsey & Company Strategy and Corporate Finance Practice, I'm Sean Brown. Thank you for joining us inside the Strategy Room. Today, we'll hear from three experts on their work on long-term value and why it's a winning bet. Bruce Simpson is a senior partner in our Toronto office. He's held a number of leadership roles in the firm and also holds leadership roles with four NGOs on human rights, diversity, and environmental topics. Bruce also recently co-authored a chapter in the book Reimagining Capitalism on Long-Term Value. Jonathan Godsell is a partner in the New York office and a leader in our insurance and asset management practices. He focuses on distribution and strategy for asset management and life insurance clients. Jack McGinn is a business analyst in our New York office with a focus on long-term capital. Bruce, John, and Jack, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. What does it mean to have a long-term view related to corporate strategy? And, and to that point, in today's environment, is the notion of long-term constantly contracting? In today's environment, the notion of long-term is definitely contracting. So uh, the tenure of CEOs is coming down. We've we've come down from eight years to six and a half years, and we're seeing evidence that it's going to come down shorter. Um, Everything is becoming shorter. So I think that the notion of long-termism is contracting. To your question, what does it mean to have a long-term strategy? I think it means for organizations to take the time to develop a five-year strategy that looks out at what the world will look like, not a year from now, not three years, but five years from now, and aligning the actions it's going to take, particularly aligning how its capital allocation process is going to support that five-year long-term strategy is critical and something that we don't see enough companies doing. Thanks, John. A question for Jack. Do companies that focus on the long-term, based on your research, actually outperform their short-term focused rivals? In our research, we tracked a company's long-term orientation over the 14 years based on a a few indicators from their financial uh, statements and found that they do outperform uh, their short-term peers. In fact, what was most interesting is that after the financial crisis, this disparity between companies was most pronounced. There are some pundits in the business media who disagree with this. They're saying, you know what? Companies that take a short-term view are actually more successful. I actually don't know that there are people saying that companies that are short-term are more successful over the long term. You might hear people say companies that are short-term are more successful over a quarter, over a couple of quarters, or even a year. Um, I think what we're hearing from pundits who, who are questioning it is the correlation causation. So we've had people say, well, you've got great companies and they're taking long-term action and they can because they're great companies and because they have this in their DNA and it's probably what made them a great company in the first place. So how do you take a company that has been short-term and, and not seeing the performance they would like? How do you get them to become long-term and see an improvement in performance? We call those switchers. We have a lot of evidence of companies that are switchers. It's hard to do, uh, and it requires an integrated management approach that, that touches on all elements of management, touch strategy, capital allocation, culture, innovation, um, and needs to be agreed to by all the senior executives. So being a switcher company is something that's really difficult, but that we see as a, as a critical enabler of more companies moving to long-term. So let's dig a little bit deeper on this notion of a switcher company. What are some of the conditions that need to be in place for a company to pull that off? One thing we saw was examining companies from around 2000 to 2015, kind of midpoint of that was around the global financial crisis at a time when I think companies and investors were contracting 
uh, the time horizon over which they're measuring performance, we saw kind of an outsized influence of, of companies who were able to switch and make kind of rapid investment in uh, fixed assets probably when the cost is, is lower. Um, I think other you know, instances that we see uh, can be, you know, board turnover, you know, changes in management team, uh, or other influences that can bring in fresh ideas. Thanks, Jack. A question for Bruce. It feels like a lot of European companies have had more of a societal and in general a longer-term view versus U.S. or North American companies. For example, they might be less likely to let go of workers in a downturn and rehire them later. How would you respond to that? Yeah, I think, that's, I think that is true, uh, particularly at regulation uh, in uh, in Europe, where if you like hiring and firing is much more controlled, uh, has certainly led to an increased sc- uh, scrutiny on this, uh, and companies not having the same flexibility that they would have uh, in the U.S. So I think that has made a difference. There's often pressure from new investors, particularly activists, who want to try and steer the focus onto short-term results. How can or should an organization push back against such pressures? What we are seeing is pushback against activists is being more successful than people anticipated in the last year or two. And we see examples of really good companies that are pushing back on investors. They're talking about strategy from a long-term perspective. They're not talking about, oh, you know, if I make these changes six months from now or a year from now, my share price is going to be in better shape. They're saying we are making decisions that are going to enable us to be in a much better position three years from now, four years from now, five years from now. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to be conscious of investors who have a shorter time horizon. We all know that there is those kinds of pressures. But the the companies that are doing an effective job of pushing back against activist pressure are doing so by talking about the value creation they are seeking to create over a a multi-year horizon. Jack, is there anything you'd add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's demand for that long-term goal-setting supported by the short or medium-term ways that you could measure performance to ensure, you know, companies on track. Can you talk a bit about intrinsic investors and what role they would play in helping a company maintain a long-term focus? And there's a second question related to this. To the extent that a company can help shape who its investors are, have you seen any companies do that really well? In other words, they have a long-term view and they're able to successfully attract long-term investors. Both of the points you just mentioned come out of a lot of the research that Tim Kohler has led, I think, with kind of two big takeaways. The first is, as you mentioned, sell-side analysts or kind of more uh, short-term investors can attract a lot of attention. However, in in his research uh, and our corporate finance practice has indicated these intrinsic investors can tend to be the ones that actually are most important for a firm's value over time, long-term trend of the stock price as opposed to the day-to-day fluctuations. I think second in some of the work with clients, it's based on the information you provide to investors. You attract a certain investor base. So, you know, a company that, you know, would be providing very strict quarterly EPS guidance could attract an investor base that wants to make decisions based on how a company performs against those short-term metrics. Awesome. We talked a little bit earlier about the fact that many companies still have quarterly conference calls with investors. How do they square the fact that they're speaking to investors on a quarterly conference call? And how do they bring it back to a long-term focus? Have you seen any companies do that particularly well? And can you share any techniques that they use that you thought were particularly effective? The first thing is the number of companies holding uh, quarterly earnings calls or pre-quarterly earnings calls is declining. It's not declining substantially. So your point is fair that a majority still are. 
But I think what we're seeing, firstly, is a trend away from it. So many companies are saying uh, we're, we're not going to do quarterly earnings guidance. But the, secondly, the ones that are, are taking not all, but there are examples of great company or companies that are making progress on this that are actually focusing their quarterly earnings call on long-term innovation, how they're investing in R&D, what are their plans for the next three to five years, where uh, – so it's not entirely about what's going to happen next quarterly earnings. They're changing the tone of the call, and they're changing the focus of the call. So we're seeing movement in both directions. Fewer companies are doing quarterly earnings guidance calls, and the tone of the quarterly earnings guidance calls and the words that people are using is evolving. That said, it's still a challenge, and it's something we hope to see progress on over the next few years. And especially as attention can be focused on short-term metrics, I think we've also found that companies who are successful in cultivating a long-term investor base do give those uh, investors private time as well and keep them up to date uh, separately on a quarterly or biannual basis. Sometimes there are external factors that require immediate attention economic crises and major changes in an industry's trajectory, for example. How do you reconcile that with following a path of investing for the long term? I think a a good example of something kind of outside of companies' control is when the global financial crisis. Our research saw that even in dire circumstances that hurt companies across the board, companies who can clearly communicate, one, to their investors what the short-term impact could be, but two, you know, what adjustments to the long-term goals are, are necessary and, and how it could impact uh, performance over the long term without abandoning the plan. Do you have any indication as to whether shareholders will reward, say, emissions reductions more than giving shoes away or planting trees? In other words, does there have to be a clear bottom line for this to be rewarded by shareholders? We believe that that is the case, that the, the, uh, there are many of the failures that are out there, or at least failure to generate additional value and get the credit for what companies are doing, come from developing a, 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 well, a corporate social responsibility effort which runs in parallel with corporate strategy and is not integrated inside it. The companies that have fully integrated those two things, we do believe, get, uh, get the value. Now, I think the, the answer here is it comes back to relevance. So if you're making shoes and you're giving a free pair of shoes away, there's a link to those two things because obviously you can also generate customer loyalty through that. If you use a lot of water like Pepsi and Coke and so on, then I think it's right on the money to really focus a large amount of your societal impact and your communication around water conservation, which is a both and. It both satisfies the activists and the employees. You can mobilize folks around that. And uh, reducing water uh, consumption is great for the bottom line. So I think that that integration is the point uh, uh, between picking a topic which is good for society, but making a topic, picking that topic which is also very relevant for your operational performance, because that enables you to stick with that topic for a long period. Uh, uh, the relevance is there, uh, and, uh, and it answers both, uh, both sides of the story here. Bruce, John, and Jack, thank you for your time today. It's been a fascinating discussion.